and grace to help us in our time of need. So we honor you, Lord, today. We love you. We lift you up. We set you on high, the highest place above all things. So we just grant you this time, Father, and we ask you to come in and help us to understand who you are, what you're instructing us to do, uh, and exactly what our position is in the earth so that we can be effective uh, for you and for the things of the kingdom of God we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, 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 amen. I want to make sure I got the right notebook here. <laughs> praise God. So I thought we'd talk a little bit today about the fact that love makes the difference. Amen. Love makes the difference. Amen. Amen. It's, it's true. And uh, we're, we're just uh, excited about what God is doing all the time. But, uh, you know, sometimes you, you become more aware of what God is uh, planning to do in the earth and some of the exciting things that God has planned for people, uh, all people, people who are, are uh, sinners and not inside the covenant of, of mercy, you know, right now. And, and he wants those people to come to know him. He really wants us to demonstrate the truth about who Jesus is and I always encourage you no matter how busy you think your life is uh, you must put God's business first you must really understand how important it is uh, that your witness be heard that the gospel be preached that you get out in the highways and hedges and share Christ uh, with all of humanity and so I'm looking for God to give us um, uh, instruction on how to be effective witnesses in our neighborhoods. Uh, I, I have some ideas that I think will work for us here in Cleveland. I, you know, in Hamtramck, we, it's a very small community, and we just sit our little table out, a tent out, and just flag people down and stop them for prayer. And I think we probably are going to get more aggressive here in uh, getting out and, and doing some things uh, to evangelize. Uh, we've got some really uh, strong evangelists here. Miss Jan is here, uh, and she's a great soul winner. Uh, Miss Nola and, and uh, uh, Tony, you know, aggressive in, in going forth. And uh, Sister McKinney, wherever she is. <laughs> Go in the ladies' room and get her out of there. Drag her out, break her out of there. No. You know, amen, and, and um, we probably need to get a, an organized, concerted effort. I know we feel we've got all our days are packed up the first Sunday, first Saturday, second Saturday, third Saturday, but then there's the fourth Saturday, and uh, I just think it would be a, a good thing to do to just pool all our gifts and resources and just go out on the streets and invite people and uh you know go door to door you know uh, there's so many ways we can do it um uh who was it ls sexton was telling me about he said he said non-confront he said i have a non-confrontational evangelism tool and i said well i like that one too so we're going to use all means to share christ with people and to make sure they know about the things of god and uh, so uh, so we'll do that i think it's it's good to get our keep ourselves stirred up and uh you know it's good to, to have people have a church where people can come but then there are times when people just don't feel comfortable just up and doing that and you have to go out and tell them so we we need to really uh be prayerful about it y'all and, and just uh 
if God puts it on your heart, you have an idea, you have something you think uh, would be a blessing to, to do in that respect, uh, then we will do that. You know, if nothing else, we can always set up a, a tent and a bandstand out there in the parking lot and, uh, you know, just flag cars down like we do for the car wash stuff. So we can do a lot of creative things to just let people know about Jesus and, and invite them to learn a little bit more and learn accurate things about God and, and be all that God has ordained them to be. Uh, so it's it's a good thing to always know that. Uh, we've gotten some uh, uh, visions and things like that. Other prophets have shared about uh, Ohio being a, a um, place where revival would, would begin. Uh, in 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 the the new move of God, we want to play our part. Amen. We want to want to make sure God knows that that's us. Choose us. If that's your word, then we're willing to play our part in it. And so it, it'll be a good thing. I know it'll be an exciting thing for all of us to see new souls come into the kingdom. So praise God. So Lord, we do thank you for this opportunity, and we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Uh, even in our midst in this area, in this neighborhood, to tell people about you. People need to know about the Lord. So we thank you, Father, for being our God, being our maker, our creator, the creator of all things, and and, uh, we being blessed by your presence. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen. So love makes a difference. Amen. Uh, was uh, we were uh, listening to uh, the Copeland's minister this past weekend, and it was a, a really, really glorious time. And I was looking, amen, amen. I was looking at the crowd, and, you know, I told the Lord, I said, well, we need to pray and see if we can get more people in here and to these meetings. And uh, and it, it's like that sometimes, you know, the, uh, the um, things of the Spirit, are consistently available to people but people's awareness isn't the same all the time and so the holy spirit can make people aware of the things that that are are uh, available to them but then we have to make a determination to pursue those things and use your faith to go after uh, the things that god has prepared for us I think that a lot of people are missing out on some some uh, major understandings about God's kingdom, His covenant, and how that works. And see, it's easy to get bits and pieces sitting in front of television. And I think that's what's happened to many people. They feel they know God. They feel that they're born again. They feel that they're equipped. They feel that they're Christians because you can see a picture in front of you on a screen and identify with that. Uh, and miss out on what it really, really means to be somebody who is uh, serving God and devoted to God. All that kind of stuff you can miss out on if you don't follow God's instruction and steps. And he never told us to separate ourselves from believers and grow and mature. We have to make sure we assemble ourselves because we are a body. People who sit at home watch TV are missing parts of the body. Amen? And so you have to be assembled under authority and submit yourself to spiritual authority on a consistent basis. And so those things are missing sometimes in people's understanding. And that's why we have a lot of people running around that, that feel like they know God because they've been exposed to a certain amount of information. 
but whether that's meeting up with God's standard and God can honor that is a totally different story. So you got people running around with saying the right words, sounding right, and all that kind of stuff, uh, but they're really under a religious spirit because they're not submitted in their hearts to the things of God. When you love God, you'll obey everything he tells you to do. You don't skip anything. And so love really is a missing ingredient with so many different situations. You know, the people that sit at home are missing that love ingredient because they're not willing to pursue God on on God's terms. Uh, everybody wants it to come to them the way they want it to be, and uh, there's not enough humility there in submission so that their lives can be really, really what God wants them to be. And so part of what we do as believers is encourage people in the truth, encourage them to pursue the total truth in God. And so that's what, what we endeavor to do. And and so I was really blessed because I got a chance to sit and hear the word yesterday, and I got a chance to see if I can steal a few notes here and there on some things that, that were said. And so I noticed that uh, in some of the some scriptures just I was jotting down, and God began to share some things with me uh, in, in the fact that how love makes a difference. It really does. So if you love God and love him with all your heart, you'll do what he tells you to do. You know, you'll obey God. You won't have any problem uh, being obedient to the Lord because you, you just it's in your heart to do that. It's got to be a heart change. And it's got to be a heart conversion that ca- that is causing us to do the things that we do. And so God wants us to have that heart conversion. So our covenant with God changes our relationship with him and changes our name. Our relationship changes, our, our covenant changes relationship and name. All covenants are based on mutual benefit. And a form of love or a type of love. So a marriage covenant is based on love, one man for one woman, until they die. It expires when they leave the earth. So you can't be married to a dead person. You got me? Hello. The Bible says as long as the husband lives, the wife is bound to him. But when he dies, he is no longer bound to that husband. And so in in the reverse is the husband to the wife. Now, people may grieve and they may miss that person, but they're not still married to them. And so there has to be a, a difference or a change in the way that so and that's why you'll see sometimes widowed people they grieve for a while and then they decide they want to get married again. And there's nothing wrong with that because they are living still and they want that. And so marriage is a type of love covenant. Contracts are not covenants, but there is an element of love because there's respect, at least for the terms of that contract. So most uh, uh, verbal and written agreements, whether they are covenants or whether they are contracts, have to do with some type of relationship, one to that, some type of mutual respect. For instance, if you have a contract to buy your home, you have to respect the lender enough to pay your, your payment on time. If you don't, you'll set up resentment where the lender is always your enemy. 
Oh, I can't stand having to pay. You know what I'm saying. We all go through that. And so, but but they work better when there's an element of love, respect, or something like that involved. And then you'll honor that contract. I can tell you one thing. You will always be a borrower if you resent the lender. If you respect the lender, you'll get to be a lender one day. Amen. Because you can't step into what you don't respect. And what you don't honor and what you don't love. You just will always be adverse to it and fighting it all the time. We come into a, to come into agreement requires that each party lay down their selfishness or their self-interest to work for the good of all. So when we come into covenant with God, when you accept Jesus as your Savior, I know that's a phrase we use. But there's so much more to it than that. What you're doing is you're accepting a new life on his terms. And so we have to always keep in mind that we don't call the shots anymore. And I've made this commitment to God because I was dying in my sins. And he offered me a way out. And this is the way out. The way out is not just to get your your the eraser, you know, your the the X is behind your name erased, bad girl reputation erased, but it is also to enter into a new life because God makes provision for you. If you say that you're tired of your sin, he, he, he really understands that to mean you're tired forever. See, you're not tired when you, when you see it's, it's caused trouble in your life. When things get better, you want to go back to the old life again. You've, you've signed up for a total new life in God. And so when we understand that and understand all that it means, then we're able to fulfill. But many times we don't understand quite everything that it means. And so God has to begin to reveal new things to us, expand on that revelation, etc., etc. So Jesus, when he was uh, on the earth, was dealing with his disciples introducing them to life in god's kingdom and it's interesting that he introduced them to kingdom life by serving as ministers and see we think that that's something that's reserved for when you've been saved long enough maybe you'll know enough of this and you'll know enough of that but it's interesting that he was able to introduce them to kingdom immediately empowering them to go forth and preach the gospel so the first thing that you recognize that the gospel needs or the kingdom needs is servants and that's people who serve the master he doesn't need somebody else telling him what to do he doesn't need your your great ideas for how you're going to revolutionize the world you know, now that I'm saying, boy, everybody's going <laughs> to have a, you know, have a grand time because I'm here. And so it really, really means that you have signed your life over to him. And now you're subject to whatever the master tells you to do. You must obey it. Amen. So you enter into a relationship with God where he is Lord and he is master and you are to serve him. But the difference in serving under, under the old covenant and serving under the new covenant was as, as people lived under the old covenant, there was no power 
to hold them into it like we have now in the new covenant. In the new covenant, we have power to hold us into service. And in the, uh, under the old covenant, they did not have that. So Jesus offers a new covenant to humanity. It is first offered to his disciples. And they cut the covenant. We remember that at the Last Supper. Jesus had them to drink of the wine and eat of the bread, symbolizing his body and his blood. He said that was broken for them, and they were to drink all of it, not leave anything aside. And that, that phrase, all of it, means that this covenant will, take, will consume your entire life. This will be a life-changing experience with you, in you, that will go on until you leave this earth. And so there are many, many things to experience as we live for God, and one of them is this new life that we have in the new covenant with God. So he, and then after he uh, commissioned his disciples, they went and began to cut the covenant with other people, whosoever would receive. And so as they began to preach and to minister, they would minister out of the blessings of the covenant, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, cast out devils, raise the dead. So God's first encounter with all humanity is to alleviate human suffering. If you will turn your life over to him, and see, that's what drives most people to Christ. I know when I cried out to God, it was because I was suffering in a way that I'd never suffered before. And I knew that only God could help me. I knew that that was the certainty right there. And I had to have his help or I wouldn't get any help at all. And so the first, the first uh, aspect of kingdom living is to alleviate human suffering. If you are, are somebody who prays, if you do it through prayer, through intercession, you are alleviating human suffering. If you pray for the sick, you pray for people who are unemployed, you pray for people who don't have a house to live in, all of that stuff, it's always geared toward alleviating human suffering. It really is. And then we, we can connect with God in the area of what he has planned for our life to receive blessings and benefits of the covenant. As we need to pull them into our lives, we are free to use our faith to bring those things into our life so that we, we can live a good life the way God has planned for it, for us. And also so that we can make more disciples and, and the kingdom is ever increasing. It's ever increasing. And so God wants us to live this way, live to love and to serve him. But love has to be the ingredient involved or we will not last in this thing that we're trying to do. You'll peter out so fast. If you don't get up every morning knowing God loves you, you'll find your love for him gets to starts to wane, starts to grow cold. The Bible says in the last days, the love of many will grow cold. Amen. And that's why it does is because we must live in the knowledge of the love of God on a continual basis, not just through one another. And this is where people get off wrong. We're looking for people to treat us right, for people to give us things, for people to do this, and for people to treat, you know, you know, people got to tell me this. And that people, you don't have to need people for that first. You've got to get your first supply from the source, and that's from God. See? 
he has to have that time with you to convince you that he is a loving God. You got to spend time with him to get assured. Other than that, you'll just pick up your Bible for a minute, drop it, and run off looking for man to do something for you that man has not been commissioned to do and only God can do. Now, I'll tell you another secret God will withhold from people, withhold things from people in your life if you don't honor him and put him first because he wants to break you of that people habit. He wants to break all of us. Now, we are called to serve and love one another, but not to demand from one another meaning for our existence. I'm going to say it again, because that's what people are trying to do. We're trying to extract from one another some kind of meaning for our existence. If you don't know you're important because Jesus died for you, just stay in your Bible until you're reassured about that, because you'll get there. Amen. If you stay with it, you will get there. And then you'll understand how much love you have to give, and you're not always looking for crumbs. Amen. Amen. People shouldn't make you one way or the other. Amen. God has made you. You're made in his image. You should know who you are at all times and be willing to go forth and do what God has commissioned you to do. We have so much to give if we only knew how much we have to give, really. You, you know, the enemy tries to keep it away from your conscious mind, but you have a lot to give. You really do. You really do. God will prove that to you over and over and over again. That, that, I was thinking about Amos 9.13 and um, just meditating on it. So fast your head will swim. That's the part I like the best. You know, being a, coming from a long line of alcoholics, I would say, we like to swim it in the head. <laughs> it's just like that. But anyway, but no, I, I just always, always like that phrase for whatever reason. But uh, anyway, and uh, I, I started noticing an increase. Uh, over the last, I would say, three months, because I had really been a little concerned about finances. I'd made a, 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 an agreement to live out of what I have coming in on a monthly basis. You know, I, I have money saved, but I don't want to use it. It's not wise to use it all the time. And, and so I thought, well, that's, that's, you know, let me do that. I'll, I'll budget myself and, and see how this goes. <laughs> so sometimes it goes well. Sometimes I get a little nervous, but, you know, it's been, it's been working. And so I noticed, like, recently in the last three months, it's kind of accelerated. And in this month, because it's a birthday month, and I want to thank everybody for blessing me on my birthday. I appreciate it. I really do. I, I really do appreciate it. And uh, I noticed that as I gave, it just kept coming back to me and kept coming back to me and kept coming back to me and kept coming back to me. And so I was very thankful for that. And I thought to the Lord, I said, well, it's, I know it's my birthday month, and that's one of the reasons I said, but I don't want this to stop. Let me figure out how to keep this type of return coming so that when I put it, when it's in my heart to give, the return's on its way already. You know, before I even give it, it's already there. And so that was a real, real blessing for me to see that Amos 9.13 blessing come to pass like that. And so I just look at things like that as ways that God proves his love for me. 
you got to stay in the mindset of God loves me and always have your faith in that and and then it'll show up when it shows up you'll notice it comes because of God's love for you and not because of you know old people you know it's just my birthday and they got to give them a birthday well they don't have to do anything you know you'll find that out too but uh but anyway uh just keep keep that uppermost in in your mind how much the lord loves you and every day you'll see some evidence of it every day you'll see some proof of it uh your soul is nurtured by the love of god peace comes to you because the love of god you're not nervous to try and prove yourself to people all the time you're not waiting for man to validate you and if they don't say thanks you know you're all out of joint or if they do say thanks and don't say it the right way you're still out of joint you know if we're looking for stuff from people all the time man the devil gets in that so quick and he'll flip it around and and make it a disaster when it could have been a blessing you know if you just let it come from the hand of god and so and that's part of of kingdom living is to know that everything that we receive must pass through god's checkpoint to come to us so it's good to keep your your devotion to god it's good to keep your attention on god your focus on god your prayers to god your worship to god everything offered up to god and then trust him to bring the return that you need in your life i mean and that return will come it it definitely will come if you're looking to god for it so so the love of god really operates like that it's it's there to help you uh because you just really need it so much we are so much in need of god's love his love repairs us uh, when we've been hurt or when we've been disappointed when we've been damaged don't look to people to come to you and apologize and say this or say because there will be some things that may happen in life where there's no apology coming you got me but there is restoration coming to us why because god loves us so much he promises that amen that we will be made whole when you say you're saved that means that you are made whole as well as you know your sins forgiven you going to heaven that's all we think about with salvation but that word uh um salvation actually is translated as wholeness which means that every damaged part is healed every missing piece is restored every crooked place is made straight there's peace all around and you have permission now to gather up everything that is missing in your life everything that that the enemy has done to make your life fragmented and hurt and broken you have god's permission now by faith to receive all of those things back to you again and thereby you will be made whole Uh, see we think that can't happen in certain things you know people in the world now the world is so messed up and broken and fragmented people in the world now are so discouraged and disappointed they live at such a low level of existence they don't think much of themselves they don't think much of other people they call each other horrible names cursing all the time profanity left and right why because they have have forgotten god they don't think they can live any other way see that type of living is evidence of brokenness in a person's life 
people who are are missing a parent or missing a a loved one or something like that you know life can kind of beat you down to the point where you just don't feel there's any hope anymore and that's what's happened to many many people uh, in the world and so they need a loving God to come in and pull that back together and make them whole even though you think it will never happen you think things will never be the same again because of what happened to you but God can take that and he has promised he's guaranteed by his blood to pull you into a position in life where that missing part is no longer missing for you anymore I don't know how he does it, but honey, he does it. You hear me? He'll do it every single time. And so we have to trust God in these things and let love make the difference. You know, the love of God will make the difference in these things in every situation that we can ever be in. When Jesus commissioned the disciples to preach the good news of the kingdom, they preached the kingdom of God and taught others what the kingdom was like. So the kingdom of God is a place that you invite others into. You understand what you understand of it, and you invite others into it. Because the kingdom, number one, it's an invisible kingdom. Nobody can see it. But we know God exists somewhere. By faith, we know that. We know that he exists. It's a place where God rules and reigns. So God's law is supreme in his kingdom. It's based on love and obedience. It's an ever-increasing and an everlasting kingdom. So there are more people being added to God's kingdom every day. It's ever-increasing. Now, we don't see evidence of all all of that all the time. Why? Because it's an invisible kingdom. So you have to just take it by faith that God is working. Just like you want to go out and win souls, think about all the other Christians in the world who want to go do the same thing. And God allows that. Amen. Because God says the violent take it by force. So we just go out and share Christ with somebody and take that person over into God's kingdom because the love of God compels people to do these things. This love that God has placed in us by his precious Holy Spirit is so uh, pervasive in its ability to seek out those who need God. The Holy Spirit does that on his own. He, he, now, we use our prayer to get ourselves involved in it, but God's already got the plan set in motion of what he wants to do, who he wants to save, how he wants to save them. Add your faith to that, and God involves you in the salvation process. See, I see many people who have had loved ones that are called to be saved because they're in the household of salvation. If you're saved, you're all your siblings, your parents, cousins, aunts, uncles, we've discussed this before. Everybody's called to be saved. But God allows you to participate in it so that you can reap the fruit off of it. Every prayer that you pray, you reap the fruit and the benefit off of it. But if you don't participate in it, that person will still get saved. Do you understand me? See, I've lived long enough for God to see it happen. I've seen people that, that have loved ones in the family, and they give up on them, and those people come in one day. Well, it didn't happen through their prayers, and they know it, see? They wish they had hung with it, but they didn't do it. But God will see to it that they get saved anyway. huh? When we're faithless, he remains 
because he can't deny he said he's going to do it. Now can he? Amen. So God will do these things. But it's important for us to participate because the love of God then is able to help us to grow in a greater way toward God. To see what God's going to do. I want to see some of these things happen. I don't know about you, but I don't want to just sit on the sidelines all the time. I want to see what God, I want to be right over in the middle of it. And so, you know, the enemy does things. Of course, he'll, you know, you're praying for somebody. They're going to always try to treat you mean or whatever. But we know that trick. We know it doesn't work. We know we can overcome that with the love of God. Just let the love of God flow from, from within you. And let it bless people and let it help people. Don't put a plug on the love. Amen. Let it flow and let it keep going. Amen. So the kingdom of God is also precious. And it is the goal of all men. There's not one person you walk up to, they'll tell you they want to go to hell. Huh? Or they want to have a bad life. Every And that's they want God's kingdom. They don't know how to phrase it. And they don't know that's what they want. But they want God's kingdom. Everybody wants a good life. Everybody wants a prosperous life. And so they want God. So it's precious and it is the goal of all men is the kingdom of God. And when you're a servant of God, the kingdom must come first. He must come first. Amen. John, uh, Jesus said in John fourteen fifteen. why don't you turn there and we'll look at that. John 14 and verse 15. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. You know, I'll hear people say, uh, what has God asked you to do? Nothing. He commanded me to do what he wants. What do you mean ask? I'm not looking for to give him a yes or no answer. Amen. I'm looking to give him a yes answer at all times. I've already given my yes answer. Amen. So you don't refuse anything that God puts on your plate to do for him. He says, and I'll ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you. So the Holy Spirit comes to the obedient, not to the disobedient. So don't try to convince people to pray in tongues when they haven't submitted to Jesus as Lord and Savior. You got me? You know, you've got to come in the right way. And he says, I'll give you another advocate or helper to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, man. So they fight the Holy Spirit. That's why they fight you. He says, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him because he lives with you with you and will be in you he said i will not leave you as orphans amen i will not leave you without knowing your identity without knowing that you're loved without knowing that you're taken care of without knowing who you are i will not leave you in that condition i will come to you so Jesus is telling them, this is right after the, the Passover meal, where Jesus told them he's going to have to leave them. But he says, if I go, I will send somebody, I'll never leave you without somebody to reassure you in life that God is for you, that he's going to help you, 
that you belong to him, you're important to him, that he can take care of you, he can meet every need, he wants to do that. We have a constant reassurance of our importance to God and that God loves us through the Holy Spirit. You should never feel lonely. I mean, these are feelings. They don't have to stay with you. You don't have to feed them because they're not legitimate feelings. They're just counterfeit feelings to make you think that God has abandoned you. He won't even abandon you when you do wrong. He'll always, the Bible says he's a very present help in your trouble. So the ingredient that we need is love. You need to understand how much God loves you. You need to understand, at least get an inkling of it, that God is there for you at all times. The Holy Spirit's not your enemy. He's your friend. He's not even the enemy of the world. They, don't, they can't receive him or understand him because they haven't put themselves in a position to receive him. But they can amen and so the holy spirit being there he's the one jesus sent in his place to work with us to help us reassure us and comfort us so he says if you love me you'll obey me this is a new covenant principle and it is based on love and that results in obedience so god wants us to be motivated by love in our obedience to him and not just legalism or servanthood outside of god's covenant of love see that's what they had in the old testament and it could never it never really did the job for people because as soon as they would quit doing the things god wanted them to do they get distracted by the devil and run off and serve him and so god says a new covenant i'm going to make with you he said i'm going to put my spirit in you i'll give you a new heart and a new spirit and i will dwell in you people who are are born again have a new heart and a new spirit in them to tap into that is 100 percent given over to god so that he can work through you work through your spirit work through your heart to convert those things that we would want to do just in the flesh and cause them to be done out now out of a heart of love at a heart that wants to help people out of a heart that wants to serve out of a heart that wants to please god and so this is what makes the difference in the way that we serve and the way that they used to serve under the old covenant so everything we do in the new covenant is based on love and that love converts into obedience anybody you love you want to honor them and do what they say the problem we have sometimes is not believing that god wants us to do some of the things that he's telling us to do sometimes we think god will not be with us if we have to commit to pray for a certain amount of time every day we think it's so hard you hear people give testimonies oh the first time i tried to pray i only lasted 10 minutes and so forth and so on well if you come if god tells you to do it he's going to strengthen you to be able to do it so you've got to understand that god has a faith inside of you that will cause you to be sustained through these difficult and challenging times 
See, the love of God is not just for the peaceful times. It's for the challenging times as well. It's for the times when you think you can't do certain things and he causes you to see that you can accomplish them. Sometimes we only want to do what we think are the fun things in God, you know, and not want to do the things that may require discipline or or sacrifice or something like that. And so we we have to understand that the love of God is what's going to make the difference for us. If you remember, God's not compelling me to do anything I can't do, anything that's going to be too hard for me, anything that's going to make me ashamed or embarrassed. It won't be worth my while to get involved in this, you know, all this kind of stuff. We have to understand that God has taken care of the motivation because he's put the Holy Spirit in us. And this Holy Spirit continues to feed the truth of God, the love of God, the understanding of God. The Holy Spirit ministers to us. When he says comforter, it means that whatever is lacking in you, he makes up the difference. It's not, it's not true that you're not equipped to do certain things. It's, it's not above your pay grade to tell somebody about Jesus. It's not above your understanding to be able to minister to somebody and to help them. It's really not. And so God will, will show you that be at, be at peace. Jesus would say to Mary, but peace be unto you. Don't be upset. Don't get nervous. Don't get scared. It's only me, your friend. Amen. And so Jesus came to them that way to reassure them that everything's okay. I mean, there's nothing that comes against your life that God has not already made provision for. You don't have to wait for him to decide to help you and then go get some help for you. It don't take time for him to rescue you. Amen? It really doesn't. God is right there with you. And if you don't get your deliverance right away, he stays there with you, reassuring you that it's on the way. Amen? It's coming. It's, it's right there for you. So it makes a difference in, in our lives if we focus on the love of God. If we can just stay in that place where we understand, you know what? God loves me, and he means only good for me. Maybe I don't understand what good really is, but I know it's going to work out in the end for my good. And not in the end of my life, but in the end of this trial that I'm going through, I'm going to look back and say it was for my good, and it worked out for my good. So, so Jesus wanted the disciples to know the comforter. He wanted them to know that the Holy Spirit would be in them, dwell with them. This is why the enemy tries so hard to keep us ignorant about the Holy Spirit how he works with us what he does when he moves how he talks to us what things he can do to prepare us for life and prepare us for the things that are are, uh, yet to come to pass holy spirit's job is to do all of that he's our trainer he's our counselor you know how people now everybody wants a life coach you got one already you need to sign some papers with somebody to coach your life you don't want to give anybody that kind of control in your life besides god and so we have to understand that that god has a a purpose and a plan for all of this the holy spirit is there as our helper our life coach as you will the one who helps us in the things of god and he's constantly feeding it the bible says the love of god is shed abroad in our hearts by the holy spirit he is constantly you can be unaware of it and he's working to reassure people about the love of god 
people will say things to you sometimes like i knew there was something different about you and you never even mentioned you were a christian that's the holy spirit sharing his love that's the love of god they don't know what it is they'll just say it's different or special i've heard people say things like that something special about you i knew you were unique whatever that's the holy spirit shedding his love abroad in your heart you didn't even know it and you thought you was just trying to be mean to people and not speak to somebody he put his love out there anyway on top of your being crazy that day you understand what i'm saying you can have an off day if you want to but the holy spirit doesn't have an off day amen he's always doing his job and so when 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 jesus told the disciples they would send that other comforter they were being converted now from old covenant living over into new covenant living so they were being prepped for the fact that even though jesus was leaving they wouldn't be shorted out of anything they'd have their own personal comforter which is much more than what they had with the lord they had to be with him when he could be with them and but when he couldn't they were away from him but he they knew he was still around they could always get close to him and so here he's saying i'm going to leave you but i'm leaving you in better condition because you'll have a personal comforter dwelling in you and being with you at all times he's the spirit of truth he's whatever he tells you it's going to be true amen whatever he tells you it's going to work out whatever he tells you is going to be a blessing for you and so he's getting them to get prepared to receive the holy spirit so that they could have that reassurance continually and constantly of the love of god there's no reason for anybody to feel left out there's no reason for you to feel alone you have the holy spirit constantly reassuring you of the love of god you're important you're somebody i don't care who in your life isn't you not getting along with or who in your life disappoints you you know sometimes we're so demanding i think about situations we just got to have they got to respect me they got to recognize my gift they got to do this and got to know you don't you don't you've got that already in the holy spirit you don't need people petting you on the back or reassuring you or telling you you're wonderful all the time or uh trying to you know prop you up you don't you don't need man's propping up you need to get to know the comforter amen get to know him better draw within allow the holy spirit to minister some truths to you it'll mess your head up some of the things god really thinks about you if you were just to let him speak you know what he wants to i mean these things have to be done by faith now you got to petition god for these things you got to inquire you got to ask and and sometimes you'll and that just happens to me i don't know if it does to you but i'm a good one for getting myself in some somewhat of a knot you know you get yourself in a little bit of a knot get yourself all worked up messing around doing what you're supposed to do out on a limb somewhere i'm good for doing it ever since i've i uh my blood pressure was up and i didn't know it and i was in the dentist trying to get some dental work done and the people were going out they weren't going to let me get it done because it was too high and i was sitting there like this jesus please help me jesus let me get this tooth out of here let me get this filling let me get this this and i did this over and over and over again and didn't didn't really 
you know, so I thought I was all done with that phase. I said, now, Lord, you know, I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to get in the word. I'm gonna... And so there I was again with the same cute. Then got busted again. I forgot they had pulled a tooth. So I'm not taking care of this. Well, actually, I stole some pills from Gigi, some waters. <laughs> then I forgot to take them. So I was really messed up, and I'm sitting there to death. So I'm sitting there and so that went through that phase with that dentist so now i got to go to another dentist you know real dentist i'm paying for that was at the dental school i was glad to get rid of them people but i get to the real dentist now and and it shot up again for some reason i'm thinking oh lord and so i was thinking to myself and then condemnation sets in remember you did this once before you told the lord you wasn't gonna do this no more and here you are again and they come in and you say oh this is a nice office i like the carpet and this last time the holy spirit stopped me and he said don't you know i love you too much to let you die in the dentist's office you know you bust out start crying and there the love of god has just slapped you all upside your crazy head where you think this blood pressure nonsense and you claim you're healed and you know you're healed and all this stuff you think this nonsense is going to separate you from the love of god and there you know god just throws it right in your face don't you know i love you too much to throw your life away and you're in disobedience. You know you ain't doing it. Well, I was doing the right thing. I don't know what happened with that one, but, you know, they went on and did what I needed to do. But we get ourselves in And see, it's just that small of a thing. Everything that we do to think is so big to keep God from helping us is always a small thing to him. It's always a small thing to him. These things, the little habits we have, you know, that... Uh, um, uh, we think are like you know people you know you sit up and listen to the television too long and this is causing diabetes and this is causing high blood pressure and this is causing this and this is causing that and god i know i need to take some weight off but you know i just don't get around to it and all that you think god's gonna let you die are you serious you think he's gonna let you get sick terminally sick with no no help for you because you got bad habits he's bigger than your bad habits and i'm not promoting anybody living sloppy but i'm saying if you try to track down every little thing that you can't do right what do you think his grace is for amen his mercy is there to forgive you not only for your transgressions what you do wrong and you know it's wrong but your iniquities huh your twinkie loving in your you know you you know your uh whatever else we like to do that we know it adds the pounds to us all that kind of stuff he's there to help us with those things he's not gonna let you die just because you can't stop eating something he's in charge of you not eating it too he's gonna help you with that too amen but can you believe him in his mercy to help you in your time of need in spite of your bad habits you got me we've got to see how big the love of god is how merciful he is and i'm not advocating doing things wrong listen i've been i've been reading my little stuff on vitamins and 
minerals and supplements and all of this. <laughs> so the pill so big, you can am I going to have to swallow this? Come on, God, give me a supernatural. But, you know, you do what you have to do. You don't do what you need to do. You do what you can do. But you let God do the rest. Amen. I was listening to Brother Copeland. He said God's grace, he said it was God's uh, desire to treat us as though we'd never sinned. But then there's a receiving side of grace, too, where we've got to let God's grace let us expect to be treated as though we've never sinned. You got me? And get out of this condemnation and get out of this what I got to do and get why is this happening to me and why isn't this right and why isn't that right. Just use your faith in God and rest in the love of God to help you with everything that you need help with. It's amazing how much he stands on the sidelines desiring to get involved in our lives and can't get involved because we prefer to just try and do it ourselves. Work it out. God expects me to be strong in the Lord. Yeah, in the Lord. Amen. And in the power of his might. It's amazing the things that God is not. We think are major hindrances to our faith walk and our holiness that don't mean a hill of beans to God. Amen. Because he's after something greater. He's after convincing you how much he loves you. And then from that you all can work. Amen. I don't think God wants to do put us through any kind of paces unless we're sure he loves us. You don't go into trials above your level to, to trust God through them. You've got to understand some things about God like that. He's not putting you in situations that are impossible for you. He's putting you in situations knowing he loves you. And at the end of that situation, you're going to find out how much he really loves you. Amen. You're going to come out understanding that he loves you all the more. So so up until this point, now we're in John 14, 15, the disciples, he's preaching to the disciples, talking to them about how he's going to help them after he leaves. Now, I'm not going to leave you as orphans, not going to leave you comfortless, not going to leave you without a clear identity reassurance of who you are you're going to know i'm important to you and the way you're going to know that is the holy spirit is going to constantly minister that truth to you he's going to constantly minister that to you and so he says if you love me now you'll trust me enough to obey me and you're going to tell you it's going to take faith to do that but you're going to step out and you're going to obey me in things in faith and that's how i'll know you love me because this has got to be a two-way street it can't be us sucking up God's love all the time and not doing anything with it. His love is given to us to empower us to obey him in all things. Amen. You know, love is very powerful that way. Uh, it will cause you to do things you never thought you would do before. You know, crazy for love. You know, uh, you know, songs. we sing secular people sing songs about stuff like that. Um, what was that one? Uh, shoot. I sung it before. Y'all help me, Chuck. You always come to my rescue. And if I don't love you, baby. He said, uh, uh, grits ain't grocery, egg ain't poultry, and Mona Lisa. Yeah, you know it, Chuck. You know the end of it. 
He said, with a, a toothpick in my hand, I'll dig a 10-foot ditch and run through the jungle fighting lions with a switch. Why? Because you know I love you, baby. You know I love you, baby. And if I don't love you, baby, crits ain't groceries, eggs ain't poultry, and Mona Lisa was a man. Huh? Yeah. So love will cause you to do. And y'all quit looking at me like that. Rachel's back there like, oh, Baba, please. Please, Baba. That's her pet word. Please, Baba. But uh, we should love God like that because he loves us like that. Amen. He went through a bloody death for us. Amen. He did all those things for us. And we've got, we have the capacity to love him back with that same intensity. How do you think those Christians in persecuted nations keep having house churches, keep getting arrested over and over again and ministering to people who are beating them and torturing them and loving them anyway? And it's in us to do those things. So we have the capacity to love God with a great and an everlasting love. And this is what, this was the only thing that was going to help the disciples to make it through everything they needed to make through. And Jesus knew it. And so he took great time here in these two chapters in the book of John to explain to them the comforter, the Holy Spirit, how he was connected to the Father and the Son. How you are, when you're born again, you are in a family, period. I don't care if you're widow, orphan, by yourself in the natural. You are born again into a family with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and all the other children of God that he has on this earth. So you belong in a certain place. Everybody's here belongs here. You belong here. This is your place. This is your sanctuary. This is where you come to escape from the troubles of the world, the problems of the world, that mindset that the world gives you. This is a safe place for you to come and worship and hear and talk and edify yourself in the things of God. So the, up until this time, though, disciples had obeyed Jesus as they learned from him. So this is normal in discipleship relationships, but Jesus is giving the disciples much more than a life just obeying him. Amen? It's not just mere obedience anymore. It's a, it's a, a life of obedience motivated by love. You, you can tell the difference in the disciples before and after Jesus ascended. But every time they'd have a meeting, they was fighting over who was going to be first and who was going to be, who going to have the top seed, who going to have the best seed. See, that's always a revelation of your insecurity when you're trying to fight over position all the time. And so it, you didn't see them doing that anymore after he ascended. After, they, they, after the book of Acts, you don't see the disciples trying to impress Jesus with how wonderful they are. They trying to survive, and they know they need the Holy Spirit. Amen? So God did not want legalism from them. That's what the Pharisees do. They do the law, and they're detached from right motives legalism immobilizes faith and love so just being god's servant and obeying him will kill you if you're not motivated by love and by faith in these things you won't last that's why you see it you know people have all these statistics uh uh, so many ministers quit the ministry well praise god 
Maybe they'll find something they want more to do. But I know when you accept the call of God, quit ain't in you no more. Amen. I've never found quitting me. I can tell you this for a fact. As long as I've been preaching for as many ups and downs as we've had and I've had and all this kind of stuff, quit never entered my mind. Because whenever the devil would try to plant that thought, I would say, quit and do what? Serve you? I don't think so. I did that already. I quit you. You didn't quit me. I quit you. You got me? When I quit a brother, they quit. <laughs> I'm serious. When I'm done with them, they do. No. You broke the rule there, brother. <laughs> Y'all waiting for me to tell you what the rule is. Nosy thing. Everybody awake now, huh? Huh? <laughs> now, when they start digging in your pocket, that's when you quit them. Right? They want to go out, but they don't have no money. Well, you just disqualified yourself. Sister McKinney likes it. Huh? <laughs> yeah, the qualifier and the disqualifier. So praise God. All right, so we get back to the word. So Jesus doesn't want us just doing stuff, detached. We don't have to live like that. Because the love of God will motivate you to do things as unto the Lord. Amen. You you can do them for people, but you see you're doing themselves, doing them to God, and for God. Jesus said, you know, when you've done it unto the least of them, you've done it unto me. Amen. I, I remember um, uh, uh, Mother Teresa would disciple the women in her order, the nuns that were worked in her order. They were discipled into that concept of of doing things to jesus and when they when they found those dying people on the street and would bring them in uh her her thought was as she walked through the streets of calcutta she said i felt like everybody deserved to die in a clean bed and she brought many people dying people and the people were dying on the streets every day and her her homes were set up to treat the dying folks not living people but dying and so she would bring them in and uh, she would tell the nuns that you will experience that you are doing these things to Jesus, not for him, but to them. And one after the other, those young women said, you know, when I was bathing this person, I was bathing Jesus. They would actually see a transformed figure there that was Christ as they were doing that for these people and over and over again they had that experience why because the word's true he said when you do that to them you do it to me not for me not through me but to me and so god jesus receives that ministry from you as you do that to the least of them when you go over there and give bread to those people i don't care how much they argue and fight and carry on that's jesus you're giving that bread to over there you're not just doing it for him you're doing it to him he said when i was in prison did you visit me when i was hungry did you feed me not did you feed somebody because i told you to because he knows that won't motivate people 
But when we're doing it to the Lord, that puts a whole different, you're careful about what you do, you're careful about how you treat people, you you, you get in the spirit and, and don't be as short-tempered with them as they are with you so you don't mess it up. You're careful about these things. Why? Because this is Jesus that you're serving and ministering to. It's him. Amen. So Jesus knew that the disciples would have to have a change of heart if they were going to do this ministry. It's tough without Christ if you want to do some things in this earth that are going to be helpful to you. Uh, You've got to have the power of God, the love of God. You've got to have every uh, um, uh, provision and every equipment and every arsenal of God at your disposal if you're going to be successful in this thing. The devil will kill you first time out. He does it to missionaries all the time. Look at that young boy. That that, that just so broke my heart. Um, uh, can you find his name? The one that they sent back from North Korea in a... Say that. You want to buy a vowel? And say that name for me, right? <laughs> we go get his name right, so we can. It's I, I I can say a little bit of it, but I don't have it right either. But his parents they sent him back home from North Korea. What is it? You got it yet? <laughs> he was just released a couple of years. You go on Breitbart or somebody like that. You'll find it. it was released on Friday. You can find his name because we I added him to my prayers, but we need to pray for him, put him on that persecuted because God needs to restore him. But they sent him home in a coma. They never told those people their child was sick, never made any attempt to get him back with his family. And they really have not told the truth about what happened to him. Well, see, you've got to be steeped in the love of God to even want to to live or want to do anything anymore the parents are so brokenhearted wambier w-a-m warm beer w-a-r-m-b-i-e-r pray for him to be totally restored please because you know god said he would make us whole right and his health has been stolen from him the parents have had a healthy child stolen from them but he went over there to do mission where he's a Christian. Just went over there attempting to do good. And look what happened to him. And so, listen, we got to be motivated by love, folks. You can't be motivated by anything other than the love of God if you're going to be successful in these things. And you got to help watch who you, you connect with in these things, too. You know, when we first started the ministry... We had people, and God told me I'm going to be a missionary. I said, well, that's fine. I said, keep praying about it, and we'll pray about it with you. And uh, people go on these trips, and they're no more than uh, shopping trips. You know, people claim to be missionaries. And they'll go and go to all the bazaars and shop, and you'll see the people that go on mission trips. But some of them aren't even saved. They like Chuck, remember Chuck used to go to Korea and that they got missions that do that. They just go shop and they'll have a few churches on the list checked off to make it look legit and that's what they do. 
I knew somebody borrowed money to go and just had to get over there. Oh, God told me I'm going to go on mission trips. I said, well, pray and make sure you get over. I said, because, you know, you can't get to go with anybody as much as the Lord let me tell her. She went over there and she said, oh, they were dressed so much nicer than I was. She said, everybody shopped at the duty-free places and bought home large bags of, you know, at that time it was a two-piece, you know, them slick little running suits they used to. They would buy dozens of those, bring them back for their friends. But yet they're missionaries. And see, if you don't know any better, you'll get involved with people like this. And that'll be the day somebody decides they're going to kidnap a bunch of missionaries and hold them for ransom. You see what I'm saying? Be careful. Make sure you check with God. The love of God is moving you to do these things. Amen? Nothing wrong with being a missionary and nothing wrong with going over there. But you've got to be certain of the love of God. You can't just be doing it because it's a nice thing to do and because a bunch of your people in your church told you this is what it was on our project. Do you understand me? And so the love of God really has to motivate you and get you to uh, throw off all restraint. And just throw yourself onto the mercy of God and trust God 100%. That's what the love of God does for you in all situations. Trust. Even in, in situations where you're believing God to save loved ones. You know, you have to throw yourself on the mercy of God. Because some of these people will push you to the max. Amen. And, you know, they don't like you, don't want you in their house, talk bad about you, all of the above. But the love of God has got to help you to stay in there. Amen. And see it through because you're doing it as unto the Lord. Amen. So Jesus said he would ask the Father, this is verse 16, to send another comforter to live in you and supply the love. The Holy Spirit supplies the love, which is the missing ingredient. See, we can talk about anointing all day long, but the anointing takes faith to operate. Faith works by love. So if you, you can't do much for people if you don't love people with the love of God. You know, I mean, forgiving, forbearing, serving, not complaining. Amen. All of the above. He says, anybody who loves me will keep my commandments. The spirit of truth is for us. He convicts the world of sin and lets them know that there's a hope for them. Amen. But they can't appreciate him. And that's why you get so much flack from people out there. You know, right now, if half the liberal people on television could kill Christians, they would. There's just that much hatred out there. And it's building. Amen. And it's going to come to a head in preaching, confronting them with the gospel and the love of God. Amen. Love of God is not passive. Love of God stands against evil. Amen. And is, and is, is confident and bold and confident in God. He says, anybody who loves me, we said, will keep my commands. Jesus explains the relationship of God's family to each other, to his disciples. So he reassures them, you have a family. Amen. Under the old covenant, they were considered merely servants. But under the new, they are considered friends. Not that you don't serve, but you are friends. So let me show that to you. Because people get hung up on this. I don't know what it is with people. They hate that word servant. But uh, in uh, 15 he says, what is that, in 15? 
yeah 15 and verse third verse 9 as the father has loved me so have i loved you now remain in my love you remain in my love keep obeying me keep obeying the holy spirit remain don't quit don't give up it's gonna get tough but the holy spirit is there to help you when it's too tough for you he says if you keep my commands you'll remain in my love just as i kept my father's commands and i remain in his love so we're not expected to do anything that jesus didn't have to do he says i told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete he says my commandment is this love each other as i have loved you greater love has no one than than this to lay down his life for his friend in other words lay down your life for those you are in covenant with he says you are my friends if you do what i command he says so i no longer call you servants but because a servant does not know his master's business instead i've called you friends for everything that i learned from my father i have made known to you so anyway jesus says that now that that i am i am going to leave you i've had to reveal everything that i know about the kingdom about living for god about the father i'm giving you everything that i can give you so he's taught them as much as he's supposed to teach them they know it all <laughs> at this point but they do need the holy spirit to keep them in that love and keep them in that knowledge so he says that if you were just merely a servant like you were before i couldn't have told you all these things but i begin to reveal these things to my friends so that word friend entails another covenant that word friend is a word that you use when you invite somebody into covenant with you so jesus said tells the disciples the relationship that you had while i was here walking with you you served me and you obeyed me but you did it just because i told you to and you didn't do such a great job because most of y'all in it for something else see if you look at it the disciples uh, were they kept asking when is god going to restore the kingdom to us they were looking for a natural kingdom when are we going to get out from under caesar's dominion when are we going to get this and everything they wanted was things of this world and jesus said because you are not of this world any longer and i call you friends i have to tell you everything about this new covenant so you're elevated now instead of merely servants now you are my friends and i can tell you the intimate things that i want you to know so they don't quit serving but they serve on a higher level now amen because as a friend of god and as a friend of christ he begins to reveal to you the things that are in his heart and that's love see if you're just a, if you're a supervisor at a job you can give people their instructions do your job do this do that do the other but you at some point will see one person that stands out to you that takes their job to heart 
They want to do a good job. They want to please you. They want, And that's the next promotable person. You got me? Because they have a different spirit about it. They're more connected to you. They're, more, they're loyal to the company. They come in on time. They don't complain. They don't backbite you. They don't turn on you. So that's the next promotable person. Well, that person has to have love in, in their heart for you in order to respond like that. And so Jesus says, you don't have to worry about trying to love me. I'm putting my love on the inside of you by the Holy Spirit. So you get a new covenant, a new heart, a new mind. Everything about you is new. You're still my servant, but not merely a servant. You are a friend and you are an heir and you have the blessing. You have everything you need because you are a joint heir with me. You're almost on my level except I have to keep the supreme spot. Amen. And that belongs to me. But you are now my friends. And I'll share everything I need to share with you. Start asking God some things you want to know. Start delving into the, the knowledge of God so you can understand. God, what do you really expect of me? I've been knocking around here trying to master this area of my life for umpteen years. What is it that I need to do? Or what is it that I need to understand? Or what it start? You're his friend. He wants to tell you. He wants to tell you things that are going to benefit you in an eternal way, not just for what's down here on this earth. There's so many things he wants to open up to us. But you got to stop being scared of the answer. The love of God makes you unafraid of the answer that you're going to get. God wants to bless friends. He doesn't just want to give it to servants. People just come to church, do their little bit, and move on and are unchanged by the whole thing. Amen. He wants to bless friends. When, when Abraham was, was still childless, what do you ask God? He said, he said, you said you were going to give me a son. He said, what are you going to give me? He said, you've given me no son. He said, and this guy, this servant in my house, Eliezer, he's going to be my heir. Now, why didn't Abraham really want to leave all of his possessions to his mere servant? Because they weren't friends. He couldn't share everything that was in his heart. He knew Eliezer didn't have a heart for that property. He didn't know what Abraham had gone through to receive that from God. He couldn't teach him all those things that are covenant related. But he knew he could teach him to a son. So he wanted a son so that he could have somebody who was a friend and an heir and a servant and all of those things that make up a family and make up life. That's what Jesus wanted with us. When Hebrews would enslave people, if those people served out their time, they went free. But every now and then a servant would say, you know what? I consider this my home. I consider you my family. I don't want to leave. And when they, they take them down to the, the gate of the city and take a, a, a awl or, or, you know, an ear piercing and pierce their ear. And they would wear an earring saying, I could be free, but I love you enough. I want to stay. That's us. We could be free, but we love Jesus enough we want to stay. We want to stay and continue to serve him. Don't ever think of servant as a dirty word. Because that you're not just his servant, you're also his friend. You serve him out of love. That's the missing ingredient. That's what you got to have so that you can last, you can endure. Everything that God does is on the basis of love. 
He gives so much love to us just in small things. You know, if you thought about what he's conveying to you in an answered prayer. And sometimes we just don't even stop to say thanks like the like the nine lepers. You know, where well, you want to be number ten. You want to stop and give him thanks in all things. But amen. But if you understood what it took for him to get that bill paid for you. Sometimes it might seem like an everyday thing because we ask so much and he always comes through for us. But if you took, realize it took blood. It took obedience on his took Everything he went through on earth to get us just one thing into our lives but see when god blesses you with something he's trying to convey all the power of that love to you and how much he cares about you don't ever take an answered prayer for granted amen don't ever take a kind word from god or encouraging word from god for granted because of what it cost him to deliver that to us but he wants us to receive it so that we can deliver like love to all of humanity. So you can serve him in confidence. You can serve him with joy. You can serve him with love. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's constantly feeding that to us. Amen. Because we're friends of God. He will tell you anything you want to know. Don't be afraid of the answer. Just go to him and, and talk to him about it. Ask him about these things. You know, instead of us trying to fix ourselves up first and then go to him it's like we're not fooling him. He said, I saw your little raggedy self over there trying to hide that. You might as well come on up here raggedy and we'll talk. Amen. Because I love you. Amen. So why don't we stop? Lord, we thank you for your word and thank you for understanding. God wants to reassure us of his love. Thank you, Lord, for reassuring us. You're so awesome, Lord. You're so powerful and mighty, but gentle and concerned and loving and giving. You're able to penetrate the hardest heart. You're able to penetrate and soften even discouragement and woundedness, Lord. You're able to heal that. It's so wonderful what you do for us, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You have brought us to this place. To be reassured one more time how much you do love us. Your love is so great. It's so mighty and so powerful. Willing to forgive everything. Give us a new start. And it never happened. It's so wonderful. Nothing standing in our way of obeying you, Lord. We thank you for it. Thank you so much, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's right now, with your peace, touch bodies, Lord, that need to be touched and healed. Help us, Lord, to be everything you want us to be and to receive everything you want us to receive. We thank you, Lord. Lord, we bless you and we praise you. And we'll obey you from the heart. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Doing something to me about um, how he leads and how he speaks to people. And, and the Lord 
wants to let me know that let you know that uh, he says that there are times when um, I may move on you to do certain things and you'll hesitate doing them and the Lord is saying and you you're you're interpreting that as you don't like something or you don't want to do it or you don't like to do it and the Lord is saying that is not you don't like it but he said that is doubt coming to you as whether or not you should do it as having my permission to do it or if it'll work out well for you says the Lord and he says you need to reset your thinking on these things that come to you when you want to stop something or when you hesitate or when you say no the Lord is saying many things I'm prompting you to do you need to say yes to them but you're you're interpreting doubt as being no or not permission or you don't like it or it won't turn out well for you and the Lord says if you will put that request before me and ask me uh, for my permission and my go-ahead I'll give it to you and the Lord says many instances where you know the right thing to do and you want to do the right thing but that thing keeps popping up and you stopping you and the Lord says that's the carnal man not wanting to let you trust me because of what it would mean for him he always dies a little bit when you step out and obey me says the Lord and there are many things that I'm opening doors for you to do but you're getting the wrong answer because you're not really seeking me for that answer you're assuming it's not for you to do because it's a habit to do that uh, he wants to correct that for you he wants to show you that you can get an assurance from him as to what to do has that happened to anybody anybody the rest of you saints don't have no problems but whatever but but it's a common thing for people to miss god because that's an open door and because it's not a normal say like an everyday thing to them like for instance you can have a thought we'll preach about uh job promotion you uh you you want a better job and you'll start thinking about something that gives you joy to think about it or it's pleasant thought to you and something comes up in your mind it goes and pushes that out it says uh, like that or stop it stops the thought from progressing to make form a, a vision or a picture or something in your mind it just tells you it's not for you stops you it's the same thing and it's not god telling you that you can't have it or it's not for you it's really doubt and it won't let you finish the picture am i talking to real people or y'all y'all just live like wonderful saints all the time you see there's so many things that god puts on the inside of us but we stop the process of our faith building it into a desire if you don't get a complete picture you won't get a desire for it you know some things people don't want because of what they've been told about it you know there's a problem there or it's not for you or you're not ready yet you know the enemy will give you some excuse to stop the thought from forming itself totally and and you never get a clear picture so you don't really pray you pray for it you say you want it but you don't really know what it's gonna turn out like because this thing keeps stopping you from forming the real picture and the lord says just let that thing just rebuke that thing 
and let that desire form on the inside of you. Because if you think about it, most of us had a lot better imagination before we got saved. And seriously, and we should have, uh, true, and we should have more going on on the inside of us now that we're saved because we now have faith to mix with our hopes and our desires and we can form a complete picture of a complete life. Sometimes we're stunted in our growth because we won't let the imagination of God, the word of God, when you see a promising God, that should open up a complete total picture to you of something that you find desirable and enjoyable. He said, what things soever you desire. And you've got to have a complete picture. So, Father, we rebuke the rebuke. We rebuke doubt. We rebuke this unbelief. Praise God. Now, some of you should see yourselves. Uh, if you're if you're looking for a job and a career, see yourself sitting at the desk doing that thing. Let your mind see yourself performing that whole thing. Uh, see yourself going to that job. Seeing yourself getting that paycheck. See yourself doing those things. Don't let that doubt snuff it out of your brain because that's where you conceive things because it's keeping you from conceiving the things that God wants you to have some of you who are looking to get married see yourself at the altar see yourself with a dress on see yourself whatever it is see yourself doing that don't let that doubt thing shut that thing down in your in your imagination you're allowed to imagine you're allowed to have pictures inside of you you're allowed to grow to that level and put it together so you enjoy it and it won't be a disappointment to you god will bring it to pass you just keep feeding on his word you keep strengthening that thing with your faith you keep believing you keep touching it keep making it real more and more real more and more real more and more real more and more real I see some of you will do it with some things people would ministry people are crazy about seeing themselves preaching and doing all these things but we have to see that in other things God has more things for us more things more things more things you desire a, a property see yourself with that property not in a wishing and a hoping thing but feed the word let the word feed you and put it together the word feed you and put it together let the word feed you and put it together all the details of it as many details as you can let god help you put that together and he'll bring it to pass for you nothing's off limits he loves you let the love of god help you to receive these things let it help you let it help you thank you jesus if anybody needs prayer come on up and i'll pray for you mm-hmm.